This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available. But if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Lovesport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Lovesport. listening to the Crystal Palace fan show with James Howard singing me talking and DR providing us with the fantastic Eagles knowledge what a show we're in for what a show I'm in for because I'm going to I'm sure they're going to tell me how delighted they were with their performance from their team at Arsenal on the weekend that point from 2-0 down it is a packed show this evening the VAR the VAR drama the Zaha was it a penalty got booked then he got the penalty absolute scenes at the Emirates then the Arsenal captain obviously going off to booze he wasn't happy what do the players uh, what do the Palace fans think of that because James Howard was in the stadium so it'll be interesting to get his perspective it is a huge show this evening delighted to say Max Matthews Love Sports very own will be joining us for his take on it all then we'll be looking towards the weekend and it is the high flying fox from one team to the next the games they come thick and fast in the Premier League Jake Watson will be joining us but as always we want your views too tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558 well as they bounced in the studio they couldn't wait to get in here DR said oh we nearly done it I <laughs> thought we was going to do it James said I'm itching to talk well guess what the floor is yours James where do you want to begin because it was 2-2 on the weekend a game of the weekend has dominated the headlines for days now finally you and the Eagles they can have their say on it oh yes 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 <laughs> yes how many times have I got the prediction right come on I didn't <laughs> say well. I didn't say two all but I said one all but I'm really pleased about that and to be honest with you after five or ten minutes of being at the game you I thought, taken oh the no here we go mm. um, but yeah I was at the game um, and yeah it was you just looked at the first five ten minutes and felt like that Arsenal were there for the taking and I thought we were doing okay and then suddenly you know it's two corners two goals uh, dreadful keeping uh, we'll talk about it in more detail um, and you know but after that you know all credit to Crystal Palace you know we're not perfect by any means I'm not saying that we're 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 you know a fantastic team and we're going to stay in the top six but what we do have is we have a team that can perform and we can bounce back uh, bounce back ability is one <laughs> yeah. of those coined phrases that we've used in the past but yeah it's, it's still going strong um, and you know it was it was I felt that Arsenal were really there for the... the uh, it was the poorest Arsenal performance I've seen for a long time, especially, mm. especially at the Emirates, you know, a away game. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, you know, coming away from that and getting a two-all draw, uh, and and so pleased that Wilf got his penalty because he's never been yellow carded for diving in his whole career and we've always argued this case um, and a lot of fans from opposing teams have said Wilf is a diver Wilf is, and we said where's the evidence and suddenly you're thinking Christ he's just been booked for you know and he's got yellow carded mm. and then suddenly it's overturned you're thinking brilliant this is exactly what we wanted so that was fantastic um, the second goal uh, yeah um, the 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 um, yeah, the second goal was was a little bit sort of for yeah, Arsenal or for Palace for for Arsenal um, was was you know the, the the goal that was disallowed. I was a little bit sort of yeah concerned about, um, but I, I I was a little bit confusing. But we can talk about that if you want. It was a VR, VAR decision, um, but the second goal for Palace was was particularly good as well. Um, so overall. Uh, initially was was disappointed with the defence and the set pieces um, but yeah arguably you could say the first goal was down to the keeper keeper. but overall I thought performance was, was very good yeah because Palace haven't conceded from a corner then it was two in two minutes and it was 2-0 at Arsenal it was 2-0 at the Emirates DR I know it's a weird game in one sense that you know James just said the poorest he's seen Arsenal in a long time. You know, they he just felt like Arsenal were there for the taking on the weekend. You've got that narrative. You've got the narrative of when it was the moment when you were two 0 down. Did you think, oh, this is going to be a long day? Arsenal going to run right? Then the VAR. It was a whole range of emotions. Where, where, where did you start? Where did you end up? Did you start when it was two 0 thinking here we go, or did you see a way for Palace still at two 0 down to get back in that game? I didn't really see a way. Um for Palace to get back into the game honestly because the way that we conceded the two goals so early on and that's my biggest worry facing big sides is the fact that if you are decent big side no they're Arsenal but if you're a top mm. decent um, side like, in the Premier League just like what Man City did when once you score two early goals you should be able to control the game but I mean it shows great character from the players um, to make sure that they went out there and they still had beliefs and overall I thought it was an interesting game and I think it shows the class. I think there's two different classes in the Premier League. There's Liverpool and the Cities, which if you're 2-0 down against them, there's zero chance. I just I just don't think there's a chance. Mm. It, um, it has to be a miracle. But then there's the clubs like United, the Arsenals, even Tottenham. I know they defeated us 4-0, but I'll include them there. Mm. I mean, there's always a chance that you could come back. And I feel like the... I know the, how the Premier League has changed and more money's involved, but... The more money being spent on clubs, it's allowed clubs like Palace being able to compete with the likes of Arsenal. So I thought it was a great affair. And I mean, the VAR thing about Wilf, I don't, should we talk about it now? Yeah, let's um, talk about it, yeah. Um, I feel like what Martin Atkinson done was a bit harsh. I feel like he went by his reputation rather than the initial mm. foul because he was so quick to say that Wilfred Zaha dived. And I mean, you look at the replays and... The legs, like he was in right front of it, and you can see that Callum Chambers' leg is fully out, and he catches Wilfred Zaha. So I mean, he was very poor for Martin Atkinson, and that's why we need VAR in the Premier League and for clubs like Palace because over time we're going to see more decisions like this where referees do think that Wilfred Zaha's dived, but VAR's going to come to the rescue, and that's why I was so happy when he did get introduced this season because. I was waiting for moments like this to prove the others wrong, saying that Wilfred Zaha's a diver. Yeah, I think you're completely right. I think VAR was at its finest in that decision because w what we're not seeing a lot of from VAR is that uh, before this weekend, it wasn't overturning referees' yeah. decisions. Well, it did on that one, and it was a penalty. It definitely was a penalty. 100% was a foul. And But to give Martin that, he was wrong there, and he was so quick to pull out that yellow mm. for simulation. But if we can give him a little bit of defences, you know, we get the benefit of hindsight in these very slow time replays. He's making that snap judgment. He probably has, and I do agree with you, yeah. DR, judged Zaha, but we all do it as players. We go on reputations, we go on legacies, but I think that in that snap judgment, you know, the way you see it very quick, it doesn't happen in this slow replay that VAR can handle, but, you know, he got it wrong, and I'm glad for Zaha that he didn't get booked and they got the penalty, and it completely was a huge turning point in the game. The thing is, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I still find it disappointing that at Premier League level, it was it was clear that Callum Chambers put the leg out. I don't think like it was something where 
those players in between Martin Atkinson and that he couldn't see a thing. I thought it was pretty much clear. And if you're a Premier League referee and we're talking about the Premier League being the best league in the world, you have to be able to spot decisions like that. Yeah, but what a wonderful thing is that he didn't spot it and VAR can step in, which is what it was there for, to eradicate clear and obvious error. You're just highlighting mm. the clear and obvious error that Martin Atkinson made. VAR stepped in. You've made a rick there, Martin. We're going to look at it. It's actually a penalty and in it comes and it's a completely different story. So it... VAR, in a sense, needed this yeah. this weekend after all the decisions in the other games, and they've gone both to and from. And you know, I can admit it was it was one hundred percent a penalty. They got it. Now let's look at the flip side of the VAR because obviously mm. there was a big one at, at the end when uh, uh, Chambers was believed to have committed the foul and Socrates he, he scored that goal for three two. What did you make of that VAR decision? Before this game week, as you said, VAR wasn't really keen on overturning decisions from the referee. Mm. And I'm actually, I'm surprised right now even talking about the fact that that got overturned because initially it looked like it was more of a foul on Cannon Chambers and Luka Milivojevic. And it wasn't clear and obvious. There's been way more obvious errors that hasn't been overturned. And the fact that that got overturned, that was very surprising. Mm. I did not expect that to happen. And I mean... I wouldn't want to say we got away with it because I feel like it's still balanced each other out. I mean, you look at, I don't know if it was two seasons ago, last season where Lacazette, he hit with his hand and it was at Southern Park and he went in, the ball went in. So there has been situations where Arsenal have got the benefit of the doubt. Of course, there was on VAR there. But I mean, this one was very surprising because I saw more of a foul on Callum Chambers than Luka Milivojevic. James, what did you make of that, that incident, that, that late goal for Arsenal that obviously was then chalked off? Yeah, well, I was at the other end of the stadium in the mm. corner, so yeah. seeing the penalty at box from that distance is quite difficult. But what had happened is, just building up to that moment, um, there'd been a substitution and Benteke had come on. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. Um, and But then again, we had a, I, everyone around was going, oh, you know, maybe he'll get his first touch, he'll be a header, because it was a corner and we thought this is what happened last week and he nearly scored a mm. goal. But what happened was which is what happens 90% of the time, is Benteke got the ball and he didn't control it properly or lay it off to anyone and he lost possession. And immediately, Arsenal got the ball and they were building and passing and, and then it led to uh, them getting into the penalty area and it led to led to the goal. So my mind was absolutely focused on Roy Hodgson making this daft substitution, bringing Benteke on and us losing possession. And I had, to be honest with you, I had no thought through my mind that that wasn't a goal I mean I didn't see anything I thought that's a goal we've blown it I was absolutely livid I was furious and suddenly I, I was shocked that there was a VAR review mm. and people around me going well, what's that for and well this is it the paying punters and I know Nick uh, Gillard always yeah. mentions the paying punters people that you know we've done the Arsenal fan show it's, it's, it's not a question of whether this was the right decision or the wrong decision the yeah. ones in the stadium including yourself James yeah, yeah. forget that it's Arsenal it's Palace you don't know what's going on I didn't know and to be honest with you I had no idea what it was about uh, and then suddenly we're, we're absolutely ecstatic because the goal's mm. been disallowed and so that you've got this euphoria of, of celebrating something you never expected was going to happen from, you know, and, and the emotion for me, the roller coaster of emotion was of me being absolutely furious and livid with A, the substitution and Benteke losing possession and then obviously consequentially um, Arsenal scoring to thinking, wow, I can't believe this. We've just avoided losing this, hopefully losing this game in which which we did. So... Very strange. This VAR is bringing a new aspect to watching football for me. Um, and I do agree with, with you guys when we were talking about it. That it, it that one to me was, was a bit of... You know, there were, there were things going in the box which really were little niggly fouls here and there. And I, mm. I couldn't quite pinpoint there being a foul by, you know, the Arsenal player on, on Palace that should have disallowed the goal. So... I felt a little bit lucky. I, mm. I thought lucky Arsenal were unlucky in that situation. I'll be completely honest yeah. with you. Yeah. The listen whether Palace got away with one Arsenal unlucky, forget all that. I, I, genuinely, I'm glad as a football fan that Zaha got that penalty because for mm. me, it was a clear and obvious error. This is why we were told VAR was brought in. The, the, the decision was overturned. We want 
not justice in football is such a strong word, but we don't want errors like that to go away because they change the course of the game. But in the one at the end, we're like, who's failed it? And we, we just don't know. And this, no. it, it muddies the waters. It is very confusing. The, the game was full of incidents and there was one massive Arsenal incident. I know it's the, the Palace fan show. Let's ask about it because, James, you were in mm. the stadium. The, the Granite Shaka got uh, subbed off. There was a few sarcastic cheers. They got louder as he walked off, very slow to get off. Both teams pushing for a winner. And I want to get the Palace perspective on it because... Had this been your captain, how what what would you have felt like, and what did you make of team of fans booing their own captain? You were there on a the day. How how toxic was it? What was it a scene that you've never seen in football before? Yeah, I, I mean to be honest with you, it, it wasn't the whole stadium that booed him. Mm. So it wasn't you know if it was the whole stadium, it would have been particularly loud because obviously there's sixty thousand supporters there. Mm. Um, so I kind of heard something happening, and I heard some booing. Um, and I realised that Shaka was going off, uh, but I, I I didn't see the bit about you know where he took his shirt off and stuff like that. It was in the other side of the stadium, but um, but yeah, there was definitely definitely could hear some booing, but I wouldn't have said it was universally sort of the whole of the Arsenal support. So that in a in a way is a credit to a lot of Arsenal fans because I think it was a minority. And I wouldn't like that for Palace fans mm. to boo their own captain or player um, just because he, he's had a bad game. And I don't actually think he had a particularly bad game. Um, I think there was a frustration at the way Arsenal played. And I can understand it because, I mean, the first half, I, I forgot to look at the possession stats at the end of the game. But the first half stats were, even though we were obviously conceded the two early goals we were actually on top on possession stats and that's why I felt that Crystal Palace could really get something out of the game and knew we were sort of thinking crying we might even win here and obviously with the uh, the rugby tackle at the end we <laughs> might have done <laughs> there, there, I, want, I want to get onto that rugby tackle I want to talk about obviously Palace getting back into that game there are so many good moments from that game but Palace is away form beating Man United beating West Ham getting a point at the Emirates it is looking very strong this season I'm delighted to say Max Matthews is joining us next and to get his view on it all for the fans by the fans love sport radio you are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Dr. Kernaz. And I'm delighted to say we've been joined by Love Sport's very own Max Matthews. Well, Max, we were just talking about the game on the weekend. We need a lot longer than an hour to talk about that game on the weekend because there were so many incidents. We want to touch upon a few of them with you. But firstly, what did you make of the game and the way Palace fought back? And they could have gone on to win that game at the end. Hi guys, yeah, I thought we fought back really well and it's been a feature of some kind of Palace sides in the past that when we've gone a goal down or two goals down that that's kind of it and it's game over. But the the current sides seem to have a real kind of belief that they can get back into the game. And don't get me wrong, Arsenal did look weak and fragile and someone else in my family was saying, well, you know, why didn't we go for it more? We were being too conservative. You know, we could have gone on and won it. Equally, you need to be kind of quite tight defensively, especially at a place like the Emirates with players like they have. So I think to fight back from two goals down in the first 10 minutes and the manner that we conceded them was really good because they're a good team. You know, they're fifth or sixth. So I'm I'm really happy with that. Yeah. Hi, Max. I'm just really pleased about how positive we've been recently, especially this season with with Roy. Um, I think that we are on the front foot a lot more. And I think I mentioned on this radio that, you know, after the first half, we we had more possession than Arsenal. Um, So um, I'm sort of, you know, wondering if you've, you've noticed that change as well. Yeah, I mean, Roy has always been quite kind of calm and conservative and not throwing too many bodies forward. But I think now he's kind of starting to work out uh, a good balance in the team. Personally, I think when Schlupp plays, he's an alright player, he's pretty physical. I think I think we're a little bit too defensive and I really like the balance of the side on, um, on Saturday because he played Townsend and Schlupp can't really push forward as a winger but it meant on Saturday that we had Townsend and Zaha pushing up on the wings and playing kind of 4-3-3 in attack and then in defence, they would kind of come back into a five-man midfield and the three-centre midfielders would sit a little bit deeper and have a 4-5-1 in defence. And then in that situation, with that kind of team, I think it's really well-balanced because it means you're strong in attack and strong in defence. 
But, you know, when we're playing like a deep 4-4-2 at home with Schlupp and MacArthur, who's not really a, a winger on the right-hand side, it, I felt we were a little bit too defence. I'm glad that Roy's kind of working, working out a system that's more balanced. Three words from me. Jordan, Pierre, Ayu. What a player. <laughs> I mean, another goal. And the funny thing is, I was looking at... That's I was, ten words. No, I mean, those first three words and there's a full stop. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at the goal and it's just simple things like his movement. And that's the things that we've been missing from Christian Benteke. And it's like another goal for him. How many goals do you think he could score so this season? Well, I, I honestly think he could score 10 or 15. And that's really not something I thought I'd be saying last season. I think he scored one in 20 or, or two in 20. That said, it was a really nice finish um, against Wolves. And... You know, in a lot of those appearances last season, he was coming off the bench. Often he was playing on the wing because he's quite a hard worker. Um, and he'd be playing, you know, coming on in the last 10 minutes and we'd be knocking up long. And that's not really his game. He likes the ball to feet. He's a good ball player. Um, he, he holds it up pretty well for a guy of his size. And he completely, completely deserves to be our number one striker at the moment. And he probably started the season out in, um, in, in third place as our third choice striker. So he's done really well completely warrants his place and if he carries on like this he could score 10 or 15. You know there are a lot of positives obviously this season you know we're in sixth place um, Jordan Ayew scoring goals we never thought that would happen Wilf looks like he's back on form he's won a penalty um, however there is still one big negative which is a real shame is that we really haven't got back up for, back up for Gaeta what a shame and I still and a lot of people I know have big concerns about Hennessy and his confidence and, and how we perform when he's in goal. Yeah, I, I have concerns as well. I, I have, I, I've said before on this station, I'm not a huge fan of his. And while I do think he is at times made a little bit of a scapegoat and people go a little bit OTT on the, on the criticism, I think particularly because uh, Guaita and Sproni before him were a big step up. I think um, equally... He was pretty culpable at the weekend. The first goal, he was in absolute no-man's land. Um, and I think as well as uh, the kind of specific mistakes that he makes, I think the confidence that he gives to the back four, you know, it's, it doesn't really exist. Whereas with Guaita, he's much more of a commanding presence. And you just feel like everything is a little bit calmer with him at the back. Gary Cahill has that as well. Gary Cahill has the aura of calm and composure and he just brings that that kind of that kind of solidity to a defence, which Guaita does as well. Hennessy does not have that. Hennessy, if anything, makes everyone around him panic a little bit. And the defending for the two goals for the set pieces was was pretty shoddy. And before that game, we hadn't conceded a single goal from set pieces that season. Hennessy comes in, and we concede two in ten minutes. I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah, I, I feel like I understand where you're coming from when you do have a really solid number one, but he made some massive saves, especially at the end of that game, to keep Arsenal out. Is it not a little bit harsh in your criticism there, Max? Yeah, maybe, maybe. He did, he did make two good saves. He is, a good shot, he is a good shot stopper. But equally, you know, I think I'd be disappointed if, if either of the, the two saves he made, if those shots had gone in. And I'd also back Guaita to make those saves too. Mm. So while I do feel like occasionally Palace fans, and, and me included, are a little bit harsh on Hennessy, um, I think particularly with the set pieces, uh, he was he was at fault at the weekend, unfortunately. No, it's completely true. He might have made those saves. James mentioned a good point. We want to talk about right at the death of the game, Guendouzi, uh rugby tackling Zaha, because obviously he would have been set free, and then who knows what would happen. But Roy Hodgson, fair to him at the end, in honest in his assessment, he said, look, I don't want to uh, have a go at the kid. I can understand it. If it was the other way, you know, he knew what he was doing there. He was stopping that attack. You know, I don't want to make a big thing of it. They had their moments at the end. But what did you make of it? Because obviously uh, Palace could have won that game 3-2 there because Zaha he would have been 1-1 one one with a keeper yeah yeah he would have been 1-1 one one with a keeper and t- <laughs> to be fair to, to Guendouzi I'm not sure that Wilf would have, would, have, would have scored he doesn't quite have the killer instinct with the one-on-ones however I do think it was a red um, I hope I'm not being biased here I hope you'll, you'll call me out if I'm, if I'm being biased but then mm. again like one of my Arsenal uh, mates says, says it was a red as well it would have been a red card in rugby I, I presume it had been a foul in, in American football and it was pretty cynical. 
And, you know, as, as the last man kind of tackling around the neck and kind of throwing him to the floor, is, is, it's not great. But equally, I would want one of my players to do that in that situation, as cynical as it is, just because you don't want to let someone run through on goal. Um, and so I understand why, why he's done it. Um, but in my opinion, it was a red. Would it have affected the game? No, because the ref blew the whistle straight after. And so Palace wouldn't have really had an advantage. But I do think it was a red. Yeah, and, and in my opinion, we all agree, or most of us here agree that, you know, it, it, it stopped the opportunity of Wilf, you know, possibly having a one-on-one a -on -one with a keeper. But I think if this happens again, if this sets a precedent where a player is quite blatantly rugby tackled, um, they obviously the referee assumes it's not close enough to the goal. So he's he's giving a yellow. But if I went to a game, even as a neutral, and saw a bit of play stopped like that, I'd be furious because it's going to ruin the game. And I think he should have red card. I honestly think he should have red carded the Arsenal player because that is that was just totally outrageous and it ruined the the opportunity of a really good player having a chance of of going forward and scoring a goal. Um, and um, yeah, as you say in rugby, if if it was uh, yeah an off the ball tackle like that or or neck high, then he would have been red carded. Do you know what's interesting? Whether Gwendozi done that challenge, knowing I'll probably get a red for this, but it's worth it to save the point because Zaha's off because you know sometimes gamesmanship mm. tackles it would have been interesting to see if he, you know you know I'm doing it full well knowing I'm being sent off there so it's very interesting and if if he does know then it is a red and he doesn't care because he still saved the goal and if there's some unrest in the Arsenal camp maybe he thought maybe unrest think, in the Arsenal uh, camp well, James you, you know you've been watching football games <laughs> maybe he thought you know what I'm quite happy to have three games <laughs> off yeah, that's, they need to normally wait a little bit till Christmas so they get the Boxing Day fixture off. That's normally yeah. what they do in the New Year's on too. Max, we really appreciate you joining us. It's always good to have you on the Palace Fan Show. Love Sports, very own Max Matthews there. There are so much to talk about from that game with Arsenal, but the Eagles, they are flying high, especially with those big games. Well, it's another big game next because there's no one flying higher than those Foxes, and Jake Watson will be on next to tell us all about it. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Dr. Kern. As we were talking everything from that drama-filled incident game at Arsenal on the weekend, 2-2 there. Now we turn our attentions to that massive game on the weekend to Leicester, who are doing absolutely well, they're flying at the minute. Let's be honest. 9-0 yeah. on Friday to Southampton, playing in the League Cup tonight against Burton, and they are 2-0 up. What can't they do at the minute? Well, it's Palace on the weekend. Someone will know how well they are doing, and it is Jake Watson who joins us now. Jake, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time tonight because I know you need to be up very soon, so we appreciate you coming on. But you at the minute, as a Leicester fan, must be pinching yourself, Jake. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's quite fun at the moment watching Leicester City, which I, I kind of suspected it would be this season. I didn't know how well we'd do, but I thought it'd be fun regardless. Um, but yeah, it's fun, and we're also doing particularly well, so a very, very happy fox at the moment. Yeah, hi, Jake. It's James here. No, James. Hi, mate. Um, yeah, you know, how good are you guys at set pieces and corners? Because that's where we're struggling at the moment. Unless, of course, Gaeta's fit for the weekend. <laughs> um, well, we're quite a small team. So if you're, if you're struggling um, to the defensive set pieces, we've obviously got decent delivery. But other than Soyuncu and, and, and Evans, there's no one in our team over the height of six foot. Um, so if that's where weak spot is, um, you kind of you probably yeah you probably say that. Wilfred indeed has got a header against Chelsea from a corner, but other than that, I can't remember particularly being being particularly uh, um, challenging from that. Obviously Harry Maguire used to be the weapon. Um, in, in that regard, but obviously he's no longer there. So yeah, if that's if that's the problem, um, I think actually to be honest, Crystal Palace wise, if, if you're worried about anything from, from Leicester, um, it's probably not set pieces. Plenty of other things though to be worried about, I suspect. Hi Jake. Um, last four games, we've actually managed to get decent results against you guys. Of course, um, last yeah, yeah <laughs> last season four one one nil five nil three nil. I mean, is there a kind of fear factor in Leicester facing against Palace because? Uh, even as a Palace fan, it's kind of surprising the fact that we've managed to get mm. some of these results. 
Yeah, no, it's weird, you know, and we often talk, don't we, about people having bogey sides and, you know, whether it affects a, a team when when they go into it. To be honest, the Leicester players themselves, I don't think they'll be in any way kind of bothered or mm. perhaps even aware. I think the people who are most aware of it are, are the Leicester fans. Which say I've, I've been countless times over the last few years to watch us play against Crystal Palace and, and other than the title win season, I can't remember us getting a result against you guys at all. And there, there was it wasn't last thing of the season before where you, you absolutely destroyed as home and away as about five one and uh, and four one. So that we've got a horrific record. So personally, I'm a little bit worried because I know how bad our record is. But I don't think it's the kind of thing the players kind of worry about or talk about. To be honest. Yeah, I, I, all I remember is is when you guys came to us uh, towards yeah. the end of the season. It was sort of not right at the end of the season. The day of the year, you won the the Premier League title yeah, and you won Mara one nil. Yeah, you won one nil, and it was a really, really good team performance. And the Leicester City fans stayed on and on till after yeah. the game, saying, "We're going to win the league." Um, and um, yeah, but but since then, I agree. I think we we've done reasonably well against you guys. Yeah, I think last season as well. Um, I seem to remember you were playing particularly poorly, and it was a Luka Mijovic scored and it wasn't from a penalty either it kind of just kind of really highlighted just how bad we were for whatever reason against you guys that even when you weren't playing well and we were playing well even when you were struggling to score you still kind of found ways found ways of beating us and, and I remember that game in particular was particularly bad um, so I'm hoping it'll be an entertaining game this one I mean what have you guys been like at, at home um, this season because um, you know it's often made of it's, it's not a fun place for us to go or, or football fans in, in general, but how have you been doing at home? Have you been picking up the majority of your points at home or away? Well, historically, we've been we've always been pretty reasonable and good at home, but last season was very poor. We were very negative and uh, very defensive-minded, but we've been much more positive this season. And, um, you know... Uh, we were un- you know, until the Manchester City game. We were we were unbeaten at home, so we are quite. We have toughened up a lot, and um, Roy is uh, getting us much more on the front foot, more positive. Uh, and you know, he's trying out. I think he's you know he's not the most experimental of managers out there. No. To be honest with you, we've still got a couple of players that we've brought into the squad that he's not playing and the fans are like saying, well, why don't you play him? But, you know, he's still very careful, conservative. But I do feel that whereas in the past, maybe last season, you know, he wouldn't change things so quick and he definitely wouldn't bring on substitutions quite early. He is doing things and making decisions a lot quicker in the game. Um, We are much more positive. So I'm like you. I think it's going to be quite an entertaining game and it's going to be a difficult one to, uh, to predict, actually. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, look, naturally, because of the way we are playing at the moment, you know, I, I, I have to be confident. I think everybody has to be. But he's say he's certainly just one kind of, with, with an air of caution. Um, it's just, it's just the, the way at Leicester are playing right now. I'm, I'm, I know, obviously, you guys just mentioned the League Cup. I know we're only playing Burton this evening, but you know, we've made 10 changes this evening. And just the strength of that team that, that's, that's playing today um, and the way they're kind of moving and the way they're playing. I mean, right now, the, the, the team is absolutely flying. I mean, obviously, we're incredibly hopeful that for Leicester, we can just keep on this run going. I mean, sod's law, not sod's law, but you know, the, the law of averages suggests you can't win every single game. Um, and obviously, that run and whatever run we are on at the moment. But we've got a really nice run of fixtures at the moment. And I'm really hopeful that, you know, a win against Crystal Palace on Sunday. And then we've got Arsenal up next. We're at home against them and Crystal Palace and Arsenal are currently fifth and sixth in the Premier League. 
So if Leicester pick up six points in now, I know it's incredibly early, but it kind of puts a little bit of cushion, doesn't it, in terms of those top four positions um, and kind of allows Leicester then to perhaps lose a couple of games over what will be an incredibly tough Christmas period. So I'm just hoping momentum kind of takes us into this one at the weekend and then drags us through a game against Arsenal, which kind of fancies at home against them anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to kind of not be too confident here. Um, but it's it's hard not to be, you know, with the way Leicester are playing at the moment. It really is hard. Where do you see the game being won and lost on Sunday? I think it's down to Leicester, to, to be honest, because of the way they're playing. Because if, if Leicester are anything like what they have been like over the last few games, then then, then Leicester win it, and that's with the greatest of respect to Crystal Palace. If, it, if it's down to, you know, two football insides who play at their best, if Leicester are at their best, then I think Leicester win the game. Um, Leicester defensively have been really good this season. Um, I mean, kind of goal difference-wise, if you look at only only uh, Manchester City have scored more than us. Also defensively, no one has conceded less, and that is in kind of part to the partnership of Soyuncu and Evans. Um, and again, it's, it's it's kind of still early on in the in the in the Soyuncu, um time at Leicester. Look, he's he's got everything he he has, but. He's also kind of got a little bit of rashness, so that, there's, there's always just a slight concern there with, with Soyuncu um, that he doesn't kind of do anything silly. Um, you do think he's got a mistake in him, as, as brilliant as he has been this season. So you know, I'm just hoping, kind of defensively, we're solid. You know, if we, if we don't give anything away, because he, as you guys mentioned, you're perhaps not the most kind of expansive and, and free-scoring of sides. So if Leicester are particularly strong at the back and solid, and Soyuncu and Evans play as well as they have been playing over the over the course of the season so far, then at some point across the game, Leicester will get a chance and Jamie Vardy will get a chance. And we all know that Jamie Vardy gets a chance. He more often than not only needs one. Um, so that's kind of, I think, you know, that, that, that's where we're hoping the game will go, to be honest. Well, he's in great scoring form. Leicester are in hot form, but they don't have the greatest record against Crystal Palace at the minute, Jake. No. But what is your score prediction for the weekend? Um, well, I've got, I can't obviously... I can't predict the Leicester loss, can I? Um, so I have to be positive. I suspect um, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a two-one Leicester City win. But um, I'm, I'm doing being incredibly cautious, knowing of our record there over recent years. Well, it's got to change at some point, Jake. It's always a real pleasure to have you on and talk to you, Jake Watson. There, broadcast and present. Are really good to chat to him. He's got to back his own team there, the Foxes, and they are going so well. Next, though, we will have a chance to look at the game and where we think Leicester can be hurt and where Palace can get at them and what our score predictions are. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined by the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Dr. Kernas. And there is still time for you to get involved. There is so much going on where the Eagles are concerned at the minute. What do you make of it all? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. You can also WhatsApp on the number and we will endeavour to answer your questions. Uh, our very own Nick Gillard has tweeted in. He said... Obviously, we were talking about VAR earlier. He's tweeted, instead of the ref making a mistake, now someone in a room has made one instead. Hashtag down with VAR. We, we, knew, we know Nick's feelings on it, James. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like VAR. No, I, I, do agree with, I do agree with the concerns that Nick's got and a lot of people mm. have got. And, and I think that we have to start, the referee has to start using the camera at the edge of the pitch. And mm, the referee... Completely. The referee can seek guidance from the man in the room with the video but at the end of the day the one referee the person that's going to be accountable is the person that's on the pitch now if he's deferring to somebody into a studio every time that can't make him feel good surely Mm. he becomes a bit redundant it's going to be it's going to make him go home and he's going to go back and he's going to see that that arsenal decision and he's going to think oh why did he overturn that you know that's unfair uh, and maybe on reflection, he'd be thinking to himself, I should have gone to the edge of the pitch and looked at that myself. And he won't have confidence. And I think a lot of these referees, and it works so well at the World Cup when they went to the edge Completely. of the pitch. So I think the balance has gone from where nothing was getting overruled to where too much is being overruled. And now it needs to be pulled back a little bit. And we probably have to say, look, hold on a second. This still needs tweaking. We need to improve this. 
let's look at what worked it worked in russia some fantastic decisions with var mm. what made it work and it, what made it worked is the referee went to the edge of the pitch and decided for himself what he felt and i think the referee will get a lot more respect from that than they will from deferring to decisions from somebody else in a studio but how long would that take though i mean even now with var it Lewis. takes a bit of time and then imagine if the referee goes to the sideline i'm not saying that is wrong but i feel like that's why they didn't go with the approach here that's because a of the very time. that's a very valid and, and correct question dr but what i would say is i think they should go to the screen but what the ref is seeing on the screen is played on the screen so yeah. the fans are watching so they're not just sitting around two three four five minutes going well how many times is he going to watch this we don't know we're getting cold it's raining we're watching it and we can go right we're seeing what he sees whether we agree or not and then at least you're involved in some capacity you're going on the journey with him and I think that you know we got the ref they're the man in charge why is someone like Nick said taking that decision away from him rightly or wrongly I want the ref to get it either right or wrong I think you know VAR should be someone in the earpiece going Martin, you might want to look at this again. We think we've seen something here. And then he goes, all right, I've missed it. Obviously, the, the speed of play. He goes over and has a look, and he can make the decision. Not some going, oh, that's overturned. Or do you, do you know what I mean? Because we've got the screen there, and we're not using it, James. No, exactly. And I don't think that there is an issue with time, because if the referee suddenly gets something in his earpiece and says, "We are, I'm going to review this for you, why doesn't he, rather than stay on the pitch with the players, go straight over to the tunnel where the, where mm. the video link is, and look at it, and they just talk it through together. And that isn't going to add, add any more time. But, we, you know, we talk about on this show that the paying punters are losing it. You know, VAR, they're feeling out the loop. You know, that moment of euphoria is lost. Let's get them back in that loop. Why well, say if they watch it, we see in sports like tennis with Hawkeye, all the fans in the stadium are watching that. Oh, is it in or out? The, the players challenging it. In the NFL, everyone is watching the, the, the challenge. You know, everyone's watching the screen. And then you go, oh, is that a foul? I don't know. If you're going on that journey, you know, you're involved in that decision. There's no, you, you, you don't know the the time that's being lost you know you're in that journey does that make sense James yeah it does and the thing is I've been watching a lot of the Rugby World Cup and I'm not the biggest rugby fan but I like watching internationals and I've really enjoyed the Rugby World Cup now believe you me they use a lot of this video in Mm. refereeing than they do in football but no one's complaining completely and also a great idea sorry I mentioned the NFL and tennis Mm. you made me think of one in rugby we can hear the ref so imagine Martin Axton he's got a microphone Mm. and he goes we're going to look at this because uh, Zaha's been uh, we believe Zaha actually didn't dive it was a foul and we're looking at and everyone goes Oh right! Oh, mate, you know, straight away you're onto it. Address the crowd, you know, and I think that adds into the spectacle and the element of the match. Yeah, I agree. Um, another sport like our NBA, um, mm. basketball. I mean, they do it so well in America, don't yeah, they? Yeah. DR? But I mean, it's it's the way that it's done in the NBA. It it might be a bit difficult to replicate that in football because in the NBA, it's, it depends on the games. But some games they actually do go up to the commentators and explain the decision. Mm. So, I mean, there's so there's it's still ten games played. Uh, uh, you know, it's still early in the season, and I think as the years go by, it will improve and we'll reach a point where everyone's happy. Well, at least the people who are, who are upset, I think there'll be less of them. Yeah, <laughs> the, the VAR it, it has rumbled on, but anything that's new and people don't like change, it will take time. And VAR themselves, you know, they're going to have to iron out all the little crinkles from that. Let's look at the, the Leicester City game now because it is a massive clash on the weekend and. Uh, like Jake said, not a great record, but they're flying high. DR, when you was going into the Arsenal game, the mentality, you said, we can get at Arsenal. James yeah. said it. I just feel confident. You said it last week before <laughs> the game. You said, I feel confident going into this one. If it was anyone else, yeah. Arsenal would get that feeling. Are you carrying that feeling into this game? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it sounds crazy because if you just talk about the teams, it's, we face Arsenal and it's Leicester you'd think, oh, mm. you'd be more scared to face Arsenal. But honestly, right now, the players that Leicester have got, they've got such good attacking players that on a day, I mean, they could create lots of chances. And I'm not saying that Arsenal don't have that, but I feel like just the atmosphere at Leicester, the whole club is buzzing and mm. it's more positive than Arsenal. So I feel like they'll be more focused and it's going to be an interesting game. And And one thing that I would say is, I feel like I say this every week, but even at the Arsenal game, it happened. Do you not concede early? Mm. Because I feel like even though we did come back against Arsenal, Leicester aside that when the game opens up, just not they're not on the same level as City, of course, but they've got the players who could 
just destroy you if there are spaces in behind. And if we can see the early goal and we have to go out and get out of a system, then I feel like that could cause some trouble to us. Well, we know how well they're playing under Brendan Rodgers. We know how, how uh, explosive they are on the front foot. But where can Palace hurt them? Where are their weaknesses, James? Where are they vulnerable? Well, they've had a fantastic season. I've, I've just reading the tweet, actually, I got from Gary Shaw. Um, says Leicester were fantastic against a 10-man useless Southampton, but Palace at home should get at least a draw. So that's nice to hear. Mm. Uh, and I know this chap isn't you know, particularly a Palace fan, but um, I think what we have to admit here is that we Leicester are going to have a good season. And I, all credit, I'm all for Leicester having a great season. I think the club is fantastically run. Mm. Uh, what they've done is they've managed to shift players without really affecting the team. And they're still going to be, you know, up there, I believe, in in top, possibly top six, um, possibly in the top four. You know, who knows? Um, How are we going to exploit them at home? Well, for a start, I'm praying that our first team keeper is playing. Yeah, I think that's key because I think he gives a massive, massive confidence to the defence. And I think that will help us or allow us to keep a clean sheet. Uh, Jordan Ayew and Zaha are playing well now. I could see us getting a goal. Um, so I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hope, hopeful that that it, depending on what who we've got in goal, uh, where this result might go. We know away from home, Dr. That Roy sets up, you know, more cautiously. You know, waits for that second half. You know, to then get a, a hold of the game. That counter attack, maybe. You know, let the the home team tire ever so what. How will he set up at home though? And to Leicester, will it be cautious? Because we know what they are, the run they're on at the minute. How do you think Roy will set up? And how do you want him to set up I think he'll set up just like he does away from him and that's the reason why we were poor so uh, we were poor at home last season and reason why people complain because we'd approach home games as the away team and we will just sit back and but the thing is this season when we do make the when we do have the chances we are more clinical in front of goal that's why our home form has improved I don't think our performances have drastically changed I mean if you look at the tactics it seems like we've got a similar type of approach and even in the first two games of the season people questioning Roy being like you talked about this during the summer and we're still doing the same thing so nothing has changed there we'll use the same approach that we did against Arsenal I reckon but of course a bit more I wouldn't say attacking but bit more freedom because it's end of the day I know Leicester are doing well but if you look at our players compared to Leicester players there is still a chance there so I'm oh honestly I feel like if we've managed to get as I said uh, when when speaking with Jake we managed to get results against Leicester I feel like if we just play to our strengths and sit back and counter them there's opportunity there for the taking and hopefully Sellers should be buzzing after that Arsenal 2-2 result and we're sixth in the Premier League so it should be an interesting game. Yeah, I wouldn't like to say I wouldn't like to see us sit back as such as if it was an away game. I think we need to get 50% of possession. I agree with you in some respects that we don't want to be particularly adventurous but you know we're not playing Man City here. Um, you know Leicester are a good side they're not unbeatable. Um, we're a good side. We have to start thinking about ourselves as being a good side. You know, we're top. We're, we're sixth. There's, there's obviously a good reasons for us being sixth. So I would like to see. I think there'll be a lot of a lot of battles in the midfield, and it could come down to you know one or two good chances being taken away. James, you said that with the, the slightest hint of surprise that you're like, we are a good side, you know. Has your expectations or your, your view of the team changed at all with the run you've gone on? Because you didn't expect this, did you, at the start of the season? You know, you haven't really invested that money and, you know, you wasn't sure how the season would pan out. But you are up there, you are six, and you are on this fantastic run. Yeah, I mean, pre-season, I was still very n- nervous about uh, not having a striker. Um, but... Jordan Ayew having come in and playing the way he is and scoring mm. goals has has really helped and given us confidence and also another bonus for me is Cahill at the back um, who's been fantastic um, apart from that I felt we had a really good squad and a good team that you know and I felt that the only thing and also retaining uh, Wilfred Zaha and making sure he gets back up to form and hoping that we don't have a Zaha that's going to be sulking because he didn't get moved on but that hasn't happened so that's some really good positives coming out of the team and I can see why we're doing well because of those three concerns that we had 
pre-season, they have literally, uh, for me, you know, made me feel more confident. And and I think now we need to we need to think, you know, actually we are a good side and we deserve to be in the top ten. Quickly on uh, Luka Milivojevic, would you start him against Leicester? I mean, what do you think of his performance against Arsenal? He's been under criticism by lots of fans. Uh, yeah, I, I would start him. I mean, he's yeah, he's a captain. He's um, a key player. Um, I, I, I don't. I mean, you know, I don't like dropping players when we've mm. had a good performance the week before. And I think, apart from the, the first couple of goals, I thought the performance overall was very good. So I would be disappointed if I was a player getting dropped, unless I was perhaps the keeper. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Fans questioning captains' performances sounds very familiar for London clubs at the minute. It's a huge deal. Let's quickly get your predictions for the game on the weekend. D, I'll start with you. Uh, I'll go with um, two-one Leicester. <gasps> he's going for the away no, win on but the, it's psychological. the Don't worry. No, no, no. no. no reverse lights. James, yeah. Honestly, I saw James' face when you said that and he was absolutely heartbroken. Really? Yeah. Gutted. I'm going to go for a, a little short-term bubble burst for Leicester and I'm going to go for a Palace win by two goals to nil. Oh, a strong win for the Eagles at home. And as we know, and if you're listening and you should be every week, James Howard is on a strong run of predicting the results. He's saying 2-0. We'll forget DR's prediction because he's meant to be a Palace fan now. He said 2-1 for Leicester. He's being honest. But this was the Crystal Palace fan show on Lost Sport Radio with the Back of the Nest podcast. And you can hear us and join us every Tuesday from 8 until 9. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.